Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test? The nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture? Welcome to another Everyday Life series on decoding how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. Biblical principles from Genesis to Revelation. It's under our Everyday Life category. 
You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In our first series of decoding, we looked at decoding creation, God's thought processes and patterns through creation from Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. And we arrived at a 10 principle combination that will revolutionize how you think. In this next series of decoding, we'll look at how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership through the life and story of Joseph, also from the book of Genesis. Joseph's life changed the course of Israel. It was through him that God preserved the nation of Israel. Israel wasn't yet a nation per se. It was just a family of 12 siblings. The letter grew into the nation of Israel in Egypt. Some of the life principles we'll cover in this decoding series are our upbringing and past shouldn't define us. Knowing your purpose and calling is the best anchor to go through the storms of life. In life, we need favor and love with both God and man. There are no coincidences in life. God's justice system never fails. We'll also look at work and service, money, and how the economy of Egypt was built from the ground up. We'll also look at investing, saving, leadership, and management. Without further ado, welcome to Decoding Joseph. Welcome back to our series on decoding Joseph. This is episode 24. We are decoding unique insights on how God thinks about work, money, business, investing, and leadership. 
There are about 11 key life principles to decode from the story of Joseph. And right now we're decoding principle category number three, which is favor and love with both God and man. In our previous episodes, we spoke about, um, we've looked at the first principle category, which was that your past should not define you. And in the principle category, essentially, we looked at how our character of emphasis, Joseph, was someone who went through a lot of hardships that a lot of people deal with when they're growing up. He was betrayed by his family. He was sold into slavery by his own brothers. They had planned to kill him, but one of his brothers talked the other brothers out of it. He was sold as a slave into Egypt. And somehow when he went and started working as a slave at uh, one of the high ranking officials who worked for Pharaoh in Egypt called Potiphar, somehow the hand of God was upon him. The Lord preserved Joseph and Joseph was able to, to ascend from the lowest rank to becoming the manager of his boss's estate. In fact, it says that Potiphar put everything in Joseph's hand. Now, as that was happening, that is in Genesis chapter nine, this is where our character, this is where I'm reading from. It says, and he left all that he had, this was Joseph's boss, Potiphar, and he left all that he had in Joseph's hand, and he knew not he knew not aught he had, save the bread which he did eat, and Joseph was a goodly person and well favored. So it came to a point where the guy who came in as a slave became the second in command in his master's house. But he didn't stop there. We decoded that finding your purpose should be the ultimate goal of all of us who are walking on this planet we had several episodes on the difference between your calling and your purpose i mean your calling which is your purpose versus a dream that you can achieve a dream and still miss your calling we spoke about that then now we are on to principle category number three i'll encourage you to go and listen, especially to, you know, finding out what your purpose is. You know, I talk to a lot of people sometimes and it's hard to really explain. It's hard to really, the journey of finding your purpose or calling for me has been one of the most satisfying things that I think I've ever done in my life. Um, because it's the key, it, it's the key piece to your existence. Why are you here? Why did God create you? Why did he send you here for this time, for this season, for this age? It's, uh, I believe that's the key that everyone should figure out. Everyone should find out what is their calling? Where is their destiny? 
where they headed. And we say that a calling card is something that is going to cause you, it's going to require you to let go of what we call the qualities that don't, the, 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 the characters that do not match the character of Jesus. We say that once God sends people into the earth, there's a scripture in Proverbs 25 verse 2, I believe says, it's the glory of God to conceal a thing, but it's the honor of kings to search it out, to search out a matter. So God has concealed your destiny. He has the key. He has the information. He has the passcode to your destiny. And his hope is that as you sojourn on this planet, that you come to a certain point where you realize that you you know the scripture says in 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 in, in the gospel of John, Jesus said, For apart from me, you can do nothing. Without me, you can do nothing. So the humility, one of the things that starts to happen is you come to a point of humility where you say, you know what? I'm a sojourner on this planet. The scripture says our days on this earth are like a flower that today's up and tomorrow the wind blows over it and it is gone. It's like a mist. So we are sojourning through this planet that none of us has ever lived on before. How do you walk in a dimension in reality of existence and you're supposed to go somewhere, but you don't even know where you're supposed to go. How do you solve that mystery? How do you solve that puzzle? A lot of people, those who believe in evolution, this is kind of where I say to them, good luck. If you'd really believe that there's no higher purpose or calling for your existence in this timeline, you think, it's just happenstance, the dice rolled and it fell and your spirit happened to be one of the ones that were released into this planet or somehow you came from some creature or things of that nature. And this is why I say, good luck. But for some of us who like to think that we don't know all, who have believed in the gospel of Jesus Christ, who believe that there is a God who believes that there is a creator of heaven and earth and everything has purpose. In the book of Ecclesiastes, the wisest man who ever lived on this earth said, for everything there is a purpose. I'll just read some of those things and, and you'll see how humbling these things are. It says, for everything there is a purpose. This is the wisest man who ever lived. It's called King Solomon. Let me just read. In Ecclesiastes chapter 3, he says, To everything there is a season, and a time to every purpose under heaven, under the heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, 
a time to get and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to rend and a time to sue, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time of war and a time of peace. Then he says, what profit has he that works in that wherein he laboreth? says, I have seen the travail which God has given to the sons of men to be exercised in it. Verse 11 says, he has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart. So that no man can find out the work that God makes from the beginning to the end. I know that there is no good in them, but for a man to rejoice and to do good in his life. And also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor. It is the gift of God. I know that whatsoever God does, it shall be forever. Nothing can be put to it, nor anything taken from it. And God does it. The man should fear before him. That which has been is now and that which is to be has already been and God requires that which is past <laughs> wow there's something you say there that is <laughs> very interesting it says that in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 13 says and also that every man should eat and drink and enjoy the good of all his labor it is the gift of God. But verse 11, which is a good, uh, which really adds more light to what, I was, to what I was saying is, he has made everything beautiful in his time. Also, he has set the world in their heart so that no man can find out the work which God makes from the beginning to the end. So we are sojourners on this planet Earth. We are sojourners. And I, you get to a point where I know there's a lot of people who at work, you, you, you're probably seeing me and you're at work and you're still being troubled by the question, why am I here? Then there's people who have achieved their dream but they still feel empty because a calling is higher than a dream the big picture is the big question is i remember one time i did uh, uh an episode on, on this same subject but it was under a different series and i say there's really three questions that every person is thinking at in the in the in the heart of their heart in the depths of their heart is this question of why am i here you know why am i here how did i get here and where do i go after i leave here those three questions build the core beliefs of our society those are three questions that move people to join different political parties, 
to travel to other countries and become immigrants there, to join different faiths, to do business the way they do business, to love the way they love, to hate the way they hate, to be arrogant or be humble, to walk in humility or walk in pride, to how to treat their neighbors, whether to be good Samaritans or not, how to care for other people, how many positions and wealth to amass in this life. Those three questions really, I've found that, you know, you could be on a train, you could be in a car, you could be in traffic, you could be at the grocery store. I want you to set people watching and you'll see that most times people are deep in thought. Someone could be on a train. I, I love to do this. I could be on a train or I could be in traffic. I love to people watch because I like to know, to imagine based on how someone's postures, the countenance in their face, you can always tell where someone's mind is at. You may not tell exactly, but you'll be able to have like a ballpark. And you can see, I'm telling you that even if you had like, let me say, a, even if someone had like a $10,000 debt, amidst all the noise of maybe there's a looming bankruptcy or they've got $10,000 to pay like in 10 days or something like that. That's all the noise, you know, in their subconscious, in the depths of their heart, these three questions and how they perceive these three questions, essentially how they are is what is propelling them to go here, to buy that, to do the work. But essentially, subconsciously, they don't, people don't realize that they are moving, they're pivoting their lives around the answers that they have crafted or that the beliefs that they have built around those three questions. Why, why am I here? How did I get here? And where do I go after here? Those three questions rule and govern every man. And by man, I mean male and female. Every man. You know, by the way, um, in scripture, it uses the word a lot. It uses man. But most times when it says man, it's meaning it's talking about male and female. Anyways, uh, you can see when you talk to people, even when people are working, like you can see that they're, you know, like they're, they're not consciously present. They're far, far away because their spirit in their heart of hearts, they are wondering, they're asking questions like, is this really it? Let's say if they're the job that they don't like, they say, is this really it? And maybe they, they look at their age and they go, I'm 40 or I'm 35 and I still don't know why am I here? Like, 
what will happen, you know, what's going to happen to me after I leave? Where do I go? Will I be satisfied? Will I? So these questions I find are key. And we, we spent several episodes on, 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 on this whole subject of what is your purpose. Okay. So it's very important. If you don't know what your purpose is, what you what God has called you to do, it's very easy to marry the wrong person, to live in the wrong city, to work at the wrong job, to go to the wrong school, to take the wrong um, program in college or university. It, it, it is serious. And that's the problem is today we have a lot of people come out of high school and straight away the system has just, because the system is just being designed like that, the system of Babylon, is that straight away we throw kids who are 6, 17 or just turn 18 into the fray of college. But they don't even know. And then kids go and go to school and they accumulate student loans and debt. They take a, a program in certain subject only to come out and find out this is not actually what they want to do in life. Meanwhile, the government has just added one other person onto their student loan conveyor belt. And this eventually goes on and tears families apart because now you've accumulated this debt people start marriages thinking they will be able to deal with these things together and now you your marriage or your relationship has a pressure of a debt that you did not even hasn't really benefited you because now you want to do something else and now you're arguing with your spouse and your spouse saying we, we can't afford for you to take that other program and now Pressure amounts on the marriage, sickness, disease, divorce. People start hating each other. Who came in loving each other? And the whole thing is just messed up. That's why in Psalms 82, which was one of the focal points of scriptures that I used in, in this whole uh, series of pod, uh, podcasts on finding out your purpose, God says, all the foundations of the earth are out of course. That is Jehovah's judge. Um, basically, if God is, that's his view. Says all the foundations of the earth are out of course. And yes, they are. Because you can see is that people are playing the wrong position. In sports, we have this thing called People, they always say, play your role. You know, play your role. There's role players. There's the, the star of the team. But everyone has to play their role. So in this world right now, every most of the people are playing out of position because we don't take time to really find out what am I called to do? What is the creator of heaven and earth? He who put breath in my lungs. He who sustains me. You're not here by happenstance. You're not here by um, chance. 
No. So once you figure out what your purpose is, then that was there was a segue, which which makes for a good segue into principle category number three, which is favor and love with God and man. And this principle is basically where we we've spent the last um we we started on principle category number three in our last episode which is favor and love with both god and man you need this as you sojourn on this earth you realize that life can be easier if you have people who can pull you up now most people the world these days you know we hail or celebrate people who say that they're self-made there's nothing really a self-made everyone has people that uplift them up but if you want to go on in life and be a self-made person again i tell you excuse me i tell you good luck why it means you're gonna to have to knock on a on 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 so many doors every time. It means you're gonna to have to kiss people's behinds. It means you're gonna to have to be a, a a people pleaser because you're trying you're trying to manufacture luck. You know, in the last episode. The question, the 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 podcast. I mean, the the yeah, the, the that episode. Really, those two things that I was trying to unpack, which were the aspect of luck, L U C K, versus this principle that Scripture uses, which is called favor and love with both God and man. It's very critical. It's, it's, it's two different things because most people think that some people are born with luck, whereas other people aren't. How do you reconcile this? You know, one of the examples I use, I said, luck in the frame of reference, I mean, from a worldly standpoint of context, is luck just goes around tapping people on the shoulder. Today can be with you. Tomorrow it won't. So if today luck is with you, you get a job, right? Or maybe you get that deal, you're lucky. However, if the villain of luck, which is called, so you have good luck and then you have bad luck. So we'll call bad luck the villain. If the villain shows up, bad luck and also taps you in the, taps you on the shoulder maybe last week the 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 good luck showed up someone got a job someone was promoted three weeks after that bad luck shows up someone is diagnosed with a disease or they get into a car accident and they're paralyzed. And so there's no benefit. They can't really 
work at their dream job because it requires them to be mobile and now they're paralyzed. So I disagree and we shall see through scripture that the world calls it luck, but actually what it is, it is favor and love with God and man. If you don't have favor and love with both God and man, you end up being a person who has to, man, it's like an, it's, it's like gears without oil. You have to grind. Again, once again, people hail this whole principle of grinding. It's nothing wrong with working hard. Actually, it's better to work smart. And hey, if someone, if there's people who are lifting you up every step of the way, it makes life easier. It doesn't. It, it means that by the time you get to your destination, you're not beat down and bruised, and you can't even enjoy it by the time you get there because you've grinded so hard by the time you're 50 that your body is like you're 80 years old. I mean, what good is it that you've grinded so hard because you had to knock on 10,000 doors every step for every opportunity? I mean, no one ever looked upon you and just said, sure, I'll do this for you. You had to pray. You had to pay for every cup of coffee. You had to grind your way up every, meaning there was no one that no one at any point say, hey, I'll lift you up. You know, instead of knocking on 10 doors, you had to knock on a thousand doors. That creates wear and tear in your body. Now, these people who have gotten to making it, if you want to call it that, but listen, they only get to enjoy it for like five years. Then next thing you know, they're diagnosed with a disease. It's because they never really took advantage of this principle called favor and love with both God and man. This is the lubricant of life. This makes life easy. It means instead of knocking on a thousand doors, you'll knock on 20 doors. You know, instead of paying full price, you'll get a discount. Instead of paying full price for the house, you get a deal. Instead of paying full price for the car, someone says, ah, they'll charge you 50% of the price that they, they would have charged someone else. Someone else would pay full price, but for you, you show up and say, you know what? It's a good season for me. Just give me what you can. You hear that happening with other people, with, with a lot of people, whereby they show up a property that let's say was being price that let's say could even be, I don't know, it could be a property that's priced at a million dollars. And someone says, we don't, we, we need the money right now and we're not trying to keep it on our hands. Here you go. Pay us 450,000. A property that was being priced at a million dollars. That is called favor and love. You need that. These are things that make you make smoothen out your journey of life as you go on to what we're calling this um, fulfilling your calling. You know, you want people to want to work with you. You want people who are really good in their at their craft to say when you have a project to, to, to have people just voluntarily come and say, you know what, we'll work with you. 
And then just as he's saying, how much do I have to pay you? They'll say, you don't have to pay me anything for now. Let's get this project up and running. That is what is called favor and love. If it's luck, you have to keep manufacturing it. And that's what I'm saying is that you'll have to be at every networking event. You'll have to always be the one who's carrying around, giving out your business card to everyone. You go on a networking event. You're not fully there. You're not really caring about people. All you're caring about is who's going to give me a deal. Who's going to cap me a check. Who's going to be my next customer. So you're giving your card. You, you just shoving your business card into everyone's hand. Hey, give me a call. Give me your card. You're going back home. You've collected 50 business cards. No one has called you back. Then you, then you go to the next networking event. It means you're trying to manufacture this thing called luck. But if you partner with God, he can give you favor and love with both him and man. So that is where we were in our last episode. And I'm just continuing to build up on this foundation because I want you to start embracing this principle of favor and love with both God and man. And we're going to look at several scriptures that will show us how do you walk into favor and love with both God and man. So another scripture that I wanted to bring back to memory was from Acts, the, uh, the Acts of the Apostle. In the book of Acts, they're called, it's called the book of Acts of the Apostles. We see a statement being made here that says that really shoots down this whole mantra of luck. Because if some people are born with luck and other people will for the rest of their lives, the rest of their days on this planet, have to go through a life without, you know, with, you know, somehow when God was creating them, he removed this ingredient called luck from their DNA or from their life then it means that God is a respect of persons. However, this is what I was saying in the last episode, which is if some people are born lucky and others aren't, then God showed favoritism when he created us. However, the scripture says God is not respect of persons. In Acts chapter 10, verse 34 to 35, one of the apostles, Jesus' disciples, Peter, said over truth this is acts chapter 10 verse 34 to 35 peter said over truth i perceive that god is no respecter of persons but in every nation he that fears him and walks righteousness is accepted with him okay and then in romans chapter 2 verse 11 paul the apostle says for there is no respecter of persons with god and another translation says for God does not show favoritism. And I said, yes, some people seem to be born into families without much hardship, while others are born into families of turmoil and toil and pain, and they can't seem to catch a break, as we call it. However, Scripture also says that a curse causeless shall not stand. You see, luck is, you see, luck is just happenstance. Today you can be lucky and tomorrow without any reason you could be unlucky. That's how the world looks at it. But scripture tells us something different. 
What you call good luck or bad luck is what scripture calls favor and love or the blessing. Favor and love or the blessing is when God's hand rests upon a man, male and female, or rests upon a man and woman in all that he does. It's that hand of God that uplifts a man and brings him before kings. Luck is temporary and unpredictable, but favor and love is predictable. There are ways to move into favor and love with both God and man. Now, some people might not know, might not know it or even admit it, but they have been born into families with what scripture calls a generational curse. Whereas others have been born into families with what we call generational blessings. So there, there is something that is called a generational curse. And there is something that is called a generational blessing. So when a generational curse decides to manifest or show up in someone's life, most times people will say, oh, that family is unlucky or that person is unlucky. But when you have a generational blessing upon someone's life working in the background, normally some people say, oh, that family is so lucky. Oh, that person is so lucky. A curse is a hindrance to your progress and it can be and it can be in several areas. It can be in the area of someone's finances, their health, their career, their marriage, or even on their children. It's also what scripture calls a yoke or burden or chains or bondage. It doesn't matter what you do. For some reason, if you take two steps forward, you follow it up with three steps backwards. On the other hand, a blessing, when you're born into a family or blood or a blood or bloodline that is blessed, you can take a simple initiative in any direction and it turns into a home run. So yes, in our universe, there are two opposing forces responsible for whether we advance or stagnate or be defeated the blessing and the curse. The inception of the curse was at the fall of man. But before that, God had blessed man. Now, unknown to many of us, breaking God's laws triggers curses, violating God's character and his way of doing things puts us in harm's way of the curse, aka bad luck. Most times when there is a family that can't seem to catch a break, it's very possible that somewhere in their bloodline, someone heavily violated God's laws. This could be through sacrifice, worshipping of idols and other gods, rebellion, etc. And because of this, if no one has atoned for that family, anyone or everyone can be a victim. This is why you hear of some families that know, you know, they have people die when they're still young. You know, no one lives above age 60, above age 50, above age 65. That's young. So it takes spiritual intelligence to know what is the root cause of this so-called bad luck. You know, like people dying prematurely, not being able to keep a job, divorce, and so forth. We don't believe in the power of words much anymore. So we don't believe you can be blessed or cursed. 
But if you read through scripture, people or families were blessed or cursed through utterances that were, that were made, that were spoken over them. How can you activate God's hand of favor and love over your life? Wow, that's where we're going. So there's a couple of things that in the next couple of episodes, I we, we shall be diving into. I want to touch a little bit on, you know, the generational blessing and the generational curse. How do you start to walk into favor and love with both God and man? Now, before we really get into all of that, we've established that luck is happenstance, unpredictable, favor and love can be predictable. Luck is temporary. Favor and love can be permanent if you keep doing what scripture tells you to do. So we've established that some, it's not that some people are created lucky and other people, some people are born lucky and other people are born unlucky. No, there's some, these things called generational curses, generational blessings, but also God did not intentionally say this person will be born lucky, this person will be born unlucky. Because the scripture says, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation, he that fears him and walks righteousness is accepted with him. And we're going to see this principle play out when we start looking at scriptures that talk about favor and love with both God and man. Now, I'm trying to land this plane. I'm, I'm trying to... Um, I, I still want to sell you this idea of you understanding that drop the attitude or wanting to get this title called self-med. There's a lot of people who are trying to manufacture luck right now and they're getting old and weary. Their bodies are broken down. By the time perhaps they break through, they'll be 60 and they'll have 10 years to enjoy it. And then after that, a disease will kick in because they beat down their bodies trying to manufacture luck, trying to attend every networking event, try to kiss everyone's behind. You lose your own personality. You can no longer be yourself because if you, if you, you know, right now in the world right now, no one wants to offend anyone. We're living in the age whereby leave your truth. So it, people's opinions are now being regarded as truth. So right now, Man, everybody's trying to, no one, if, if you speak the truth, if the truth is against what it could even be the majority believe, uh, you're getting canceled, right? You're called some kind of, uh, some kind of fall, right? So on top of, all the pressures of trying to manufacture lack that we have had where people have lost their credentials and credibility and can't speak the truth. It's hard right now because if you speak the truth and it doesn't have to, it happens that it's not the popular opinion that is selling. It means now you can't keep your character. You can't keep your core values. You can't stand what you believe in, in essence of, this is right. You can't stand for the truth because if you say something, it could mean you could lose a record level deal. 
you know, people could cancel you, people could stop doing business with you because you've spoken the truth. Now, if you've if you're gonna manufacture your luck, it means most times you won't be able to walk in truth, you won't be able to keep your identity, you won't be able to, to maintain your core values. You're gonna do what you're gonna you're gonna be in this position where you're gonna become a sellout. Because you're trying to get a deal, you sell out, you kiss people's behinds. You can't speak the truth. Scripture says, speak the truth in love. But a man or a woman who says, you know what? I believe I'm I'm gonna seek favor and love with both God and man, because the scripture says that the heart of all kings. I believe this is in Proverbs chapter 21. It says the heart of all kings is in the is, is in God's hand, and like a river, he turns it whithersoever he will. So what the what the proverb is saying is that God in he, in God's hand, yeah. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1. The king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever he will. What that is saying is that if you move if you if you if you move into a position of favor and love with God, God who holds the heart of every man and can turn it in your direction can give you favor and love with man. One of the things I said in the last episode was that if you um is that if you have favor with man, if you find favor with man, but you don't have favor with God, it means you're going to have to keep on manufacturing favor with the next man. So you, you're going you're to be that person who you're kissing everyone's behind because you're trying to get into people's good graces. You're trying to manufacture it. You're not trying to lean on like supernatural intervention where you walk into a room and someone says, you know what, we're planning to do this interview process we're trying, we're trying to have five stages of this interview process, but we like you so much. When can you start after one interview? You see, you did not walk like in that situation, especially in, 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 in scenarios where you encountering people for the first time, how can you, man, how can you manufacture luck in that case? How can you cause an interview process that was supposed to be five stages to come down to two stages? And let's say perhaps you could have failed at stage number four, but stage number four is eliminated. But just because of your aura, just because of your person, just because God's, we, we say God's face has shined towards you, you know, just because of this aura of favor and love, you walk in and instead of going through an interview process of five stages, you do two stages and you get the job. And, 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 and even what you don't know, you know, uh, the people who are interviewing you are saying, don't worry, these are the resources we shall give you. You can start taking this course on the side. That is favor. People, people have taken matters into their own hands because the world has lied to us and told us, be a self-made man. Because I don't know. I don't know what's so good about if, if I lived in this earth and let's say at the end of it all, I stepped on everybody and got to my destination and I get to my destination and there's no one who says, 
there's no one I can look back and say, you know what, I want to thank this person. I want to thank this person. And I'm basically holding the trophy up by myself. It will be sad. So some people go through life being self-made and they beat everybody down on their way up. And now they're on their way up and they live in a big house and they have no friends. Their wife left them. Their kids don't want anything to do with them. It's because on this whole journey of being self-made, you are mean to everybody. You are just cutthroat. You're not nice to people. All you care about is, is your bottom line. You know? And you see this. This happens. That's not a life I want to live. There's humility in saying, I was helped. I couldn't get Percy's place. And this person reached across the aisle and said, come. This person lifted me up. I wasn't qualified enough, but this person trusted in me that given the opportunity, I will rise up to the occasion and I was hired. These favor and love. However, I said that also that your first act, your first responsibility or your first intent or your first pursuit should be moving into a position of favor and love with God. Because if you have favor and love with God, then God can give you favor and love with man. However, you can have favor and love with man and not have favor and love with God, which means you'll still have to grind your way through it every, every door, every, every opportunity, every circumstance. You're not going to catch any easy breaks. So we also looked at the creator of the universe, God in the flesh, as Jesus Christ. And if the creator of the universe understood that the way to go through life in this reality, of, in this dimension of reality, or in this dimension of, of earth, it says he also needed to grow in favor and love with both God and man. That's not a statement we can just brush over. This is taken from the book of Luke, the gospel of Luke. Chapter 2, verse 40 says, And the child, Jesus, grew and waxed strong in spirit. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. In fact, in, that, in, an, in another translation, it says, And the child grew and became strong in spirit. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of God was upon him. Now listen to what it says at the end of this chapter Luke chapter 2 it says and Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man and Jesus increased in wisdom in broad and full understanding and in stature and years and in favor with God and man wow Jesus also needed this if these were some of the key ingredients to Jesus's ministry while he was here as God in the flesh or as God as man, as son of man. It shows you that for us to sojourn on this planet, we likewise need to make sure that we have grace that has afforded us favor and love with both God and man. Now, this was Jesus. How about 
the character that we're talking about, the subject character of this whole series, Joseph. Listen to this. And this is where we shall round up. In the book of Joe, uh, in the book of Genesis, chapter thirty-nine, I'm just going to quickly read through the stories. About twenty-three verses. I'm going to speed read them, but I want you to understand the because now where I want us to start segueing is we're going to look at scriptures to talk about how to walk into favor and love with God and man. What can I do on my side as a human being to open up the door? of favor and love with both God and man. Well, let's look at our character, subject character, Joseph. Again, from the book of Genesis chapter 39. Now I'm picking up right from when Joseph is sold into slavery, into Egypt, and we'll look at how he grows into ranking and prospers in his master's house. And then something happens in his life that would have totally destroyed him, but he maintains the faith. The hand of God is still upon him. And you'll see that even at his lowest, at another point of, at another low point in his life, the grace of God was upon him and he had favor and love. Okay. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. I read. Genesis chapter 39, verse 1. It says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt. And Potiphar, an officer pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who were taking him down there. The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Now, wow. Right away we see a key ingredient. Why was Joseph successful? It says the Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. Wow. So Joseph was not a self-made man. This is the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. Then he goes and say, and he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. And his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all that he did to prosper in his hand. Wow. D do you see how powerful this is? that it was the Lord that made all that Joseph did to prosper in his hand. That's a supernatural power of God coming upon your life to empower you to do things. Things happen faster. Things happen better. Things happen quicker. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. <laughs> this is, this is what I want for me. Guys, to be honest, there was a point in my life where I wanted to be a self-made man. It almost killed me. Trying to be a self-made man will kill you. Some people get away with it, but some people never have the chance. It almost killed me. I'm serious. I'll share that story. I'm waiting maybe at some point during this year. Um, I want to do... a pull back the curtain story of especially like the last four years when I believe my whole life turned around some tragic things that happened some things are really yeah I, I will 
I will, I'm really trying to figure out how I would do that because I would ideally want it to be like an interview. I'll probably prepare the interview and then have someone that I trust, someone that has some inside information, sit down and ask me these questions. But the point is, I'm telling the point that I want to bring to attention is that <laughs> the Lord was with Joseph and made all he did to prosper in his hand. Joseph would have been a fool to walk around with this whole, I'm trying to be self-made. You trying to be self-made? In a country where you've been sold as a slave? Are you kidding me? We'll look at the other patriarchs in the faith. We'll look at Abraham and you see that the Lord was with this guy. Abraham moved to a country where he had never been. And the Lord prospered him. We shall look at people like Job. Wow. We shall look at people like Isaac. We shall look at people like David. We shall look at people like Ruth. We shall look at people like Esther. I want to show you that the people that we esteem in scripture had what we call the supernatural hand of God. They had favor and love with both God and man. If you don't have that covering over your life, you are going to have to grind your way to death. That's the only way I can put this. Man, this story is so good. Genesis chapter 39. I don't, the, the takeaway of this whole podcast, because I'm kind of rounding up right here, right? When things are getting heated, you know, uh, and intense and interesting. I want you to really start seeking favor and love with both God and man. It has become a thing that I pray for, for myself personally every day. I, I absolutely, if I go through a day, if I go through a, a stretch in my week where I don't feel like I've had any favor, where something has come to me into my hands that I did not even merit, I am sad. If I go through a week, if I go through a month, and man, I've had to stretch my hand for everything. And no one has stretched their hand into my direction. I'm like, Lord, what is happening? You want to be in at Starbucks or whatever you get your coffee. And someone just say, hey, you know what? This coffee is on me. Man, that, that just uplifts your soul. That just makes you feel loved. And you should try it sometimes. There's a time I was at Whole Foods and I'll go and I'll just go and they, 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 they have a deal for like, you know, muffin and coffee. And I know people love their muffins and coffees. And, and it's only a couple of bucks. But I just wanted to show people favor and love. So even though it's a small amount of money, but that gesture, just standing in the coffee line and saying, no, what do you want? Just this is on me. Oh, man, people just like, boom, just explode. And I'm like, it's a muffin and a coffee. They can afford it. The point we're trying to make is not that you cannot afford it. Okay, there's moments where you can't afford it, and that's even sweeter. But even when you can afford it and someone offers to do it for you, it's just, it just floors you, just brings you to them. You, you, it just disarms you. Man, people would smile. People, you just see someone's whole day change. People open up. People start telling you stories about their life because someone just showed a simple gesture. Hey, this morning, 
your muffin and your coffee are on me. Your muffin and your coffin are on me. People would be disarmed. I'm telling you, favor and love with both God and man is the key ingredient to moving from a life of toiling and grinding to a life of man. You know, making life feel like a breeze. Don't get me don't get me wrong. I don't, I don't want you to think that we're trying to you know obstacles and challenges build us right but there's a point when obstacles and challenges can break you it's good to be challenged so that you work out that muscle right but we don't want to be at a point where we're going through life where we've grinded so hard that by the time you get to your destination your body is beat down and there's nothing left of it that is sad no you know, even scripture talks about things like enjoy the wife of your youth. Scripture talks about carrying the yoke while you're young. Because as you advance in age, you know, your strength, um, you don't want to get to your 60s, your 50s, your 70s, your 80s, when just all the strength has been beat out of you because you were this person who was just grinding extremely hard. You never caught a lucky break. You know, nothing ever came easy to you. Like you never, people never looked in your direction and said, I will do this. You paid full price for everything. No, the world has lied to us. Anyways, I'm going to show you that some of the people who did exploits for God in scripture had this key ingredient. And you've seen that the creator of the universe, he says he walks strong in spirit, in wisdom. He grew in, he grew, he grew in wisdom, walked strong in spirit, and he had favor with both God and man. And now we've started unpacking, looking through the life of our subject character, Joseph, how he prospered in a land where he was sold as a slave. And then we shall look at what happened to his some of his forefathers, like Jacob. Then we'll look at Isaac. We'll look at Abraham. Then we'll look at people like Esther, who walked up and the king said, I'll give you even up to half of my kingdom. We'll look at people like Ruth. Man, there's so many examples for us to learn from. So, like always, this was fun. And I look forward to seeing you in the next episode. Sela. This was episode 24 of Decoding How God Thinks About Work, Money, Business, Investing, and Leadership through the life and story of Joseph from the book of Genesis. We continue to lay the ground for principle category number three, favor and love with both God and man. Most people would agree that there is a force that can cause good things to happen in a man or woman's life and another opposite force that can cause the reverse effect, bad things, to happen. We commonly refer to these forces as good luck and bad luck. And there's a misconception out there that some people are born lucky while others aren't. However, scripture tells us in Acts of the Apostles chapter 10 verses 34 to 35 that, of a truth I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, 
But in every nation, he that fears him and walks righteousness is accepted with him. Another translation reads it as, Most certainly and thoroughly I now perceive and understand that God shows no partiality and is no respect of persons. But in every nation, he who venerates and has a reverential fear for God, treating him with worshipful obedience and living uprightly, is acceptable to him and sure of being received and welcomed by him. Another translation, I mean, we also read from Romans chapter 2, verse 11, once again, that for there is no respect of persons with God, meaning God does not show favoritism. In Proverbs chapter 21, verse 1, scripture tells us that the king's heart is in the hand of the Lord. As the rivers of water, he turns it whithersoever he will. In other words, in the Lord's hand, the king's heart is a stream of water that he channels toward all who please him. We see this with the creator of the universe, son of God, manifested on this earth as son of man. When Jesus, the son of God, was operating as son of man in this earthly dimension, he too needed this special hand of God to rest upon him. Luke chapter 2, verse 40 and 52 tell us that, And the child grew and became strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace, favor, and spiritual blessing of God was upon him. And Jesus increased in wisdom, in broad and full understanding and in stature and years and in favor with God and man. We see this hand of favor and love with both God and man play out in the life of our subject character, Joseph. Even after Joseph had been wrongfully accused of raping his master's wife and sent to prison, the hand of God, God's favor and love was still upon him. In Genesis chapter 39, verses 21 to 23, it reads, But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him steadfast love and gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison put Joseph in charge of all the prisoners who were in prison. Whatever was done there, he was the one who did it. The keeper of the prison paid no attention to anything that was in Joseph's charge because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it succeed. So we see that the reason Joseph succeeded or prospered everywhere he went was because the Lord was with Joseph. And the Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. And the Lord was with Joseph and was a successful man. In the next episode, we shall continue to unpack this third principal category of favor and love with both God and man. Your host for today was Calvin Cavanda. Thanks for listening and see you on the next episode. Yeah, yeah, is that the law? I've been knocking at the door to your heart like a Cody, 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 Expose you to new things that you don't know and separate you from the enemy's chokehold. I break you down, down, down.
Every single strong would I pull it down I'ma set you free from the chains that be holding you back And separate you from the tyranny that be making you slack Because we fire rockers around ya You no go fear cause I could tear you round ya I'ma help you walk in boldness and soundness and mind Shower you with the love and the grace so divine and so amazing But you're trusting me we'll have a place Cause the devil come rubbing like a lion to kill and to destroy your substance But I come to give you life in abundance yes. Cause it no matter where you come from What matters is what you're going through It's not about what you've done before But what you're gonna do See, I just didn't tell you that Open the door to your heart, make a hand I'll make you brand new if you Open the door to your heart, make a hand Knocking at the door to your heart like Coco de Coco de Coco Expose you to new things that you don't know And separate you from the enemy's chokehold Take my yoke upon you for it is light Learn from me with your power and might Don't lean on your wisdom but trust in my grace That is more than enough to sustain you in faith So you can move mountains Put your trust in me, there's no doubting It my world is a life-giving fountain That never runs dry I am the living God, I'm not a man that I should lie So amazing But you're trusting me, we left a place Cause it never come rowing like a lion To kill and to destroy your substance But I come to give you life in abundance, yes Cause it no matter where you come from What matters is where you're going to It's not about what you've done before But what you're gonna do See, I just didn't tell you that Open the door to your heart, make a hand I'll make you brand new If you open the door to your heart, make a hand Cause I've been knocking at the door to your heart I've been knocking at the door to your heart, yeah, yeah I've been knocking at the door to your heart Like a goody go goody go go So take my yoke upon you for it is light let, let, Learn from me with your power and might Don't lean on your wisdom but trust in my grace That is more than enough to sustain you in faith So you can move mountains Trust in me, there's no doubting It's my word, it's a fountain that never runs dry I am the living God, I'm not a man and I should lie So amazing, me and you together will ever place Cause I never come rubbing like a lion to kill and to destroy your substance But I come to give you life in abundance, yes. Cause it no matter where you come from What matters is where you're going to It's not about what you've done before But what you're gonna do, see I just